Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 318 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. It is now Thursday morning, June 3rd, 2021. It is the day after we found out officially that Coach K is retiring at the end of next season and John Shire is becoming head coach. When we last spoke to you, this was yesterday afternoon around three or four o'clock. We had heard the rumors. Everyone was talking about it. All the, all the major media had reported it, but Duke had actually not put anything out officially yet. Now with uh, a few very colorful and, and cool graphics from the social media team over at Duke basketball, we know officially that Coach K is retiring and that John Shire is taking his job. So we have a little bit more to say on this today before we get press conferences from Coach K and from now Coach Shire. So I am your host, Sam Klein. We still don't have Donald, unfortunately. He's okay, but he just wasn't able to make it, and there's there's too much to talk about. So he was able to record last night a few uh, sound bites that we are going to be able to play here and react to on the show. But I do have Jason Evans here. So Jason, good morning. Um, it has been a whirlwind, and, and it feels like we just have to we have to keep talking because there's so much to talk about. You know, there is an ancient Chinese saying that says, may you live in interesting times. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's not a Chinese saying. It's a Chinese curse. Duke fans have been living in interesting times for the past 24 hours, Sam. Interesting indeed. And and when we were talking yesterday about this, like the three of us were, were chatting. So I'll, I'll, I'll take you back. Here's the here's the behind the scenes. Yesterday morning, or, or I think it was actually even a couple days ago, we were saying, oh, we're gonna we're gonna podcast this week. Here's what we're gonna talk about. We had we had topics yesterday about about the fans and the Olympics, um, yeah, and, and the Olympics. So the, the, and the were, survey, they, the survey. They were right. <laughs> they were all topics that we wanted to get to, um, and they all were were you know varying states of of needing to be to be bantered about immediately. But we were like, we haven't done a show since last week. Let's get on and talk about it. Um, if nothing else, just to just to say hi to each other and to say hi to you all the listeners, because there's not really much else going on right now. And then the the whole bottom dropped out. But before that happened, the three of us were saying, oh, we should do at least one show this summer speculating about um, speculating Coach about Coach K's retirement. And not necessarily when it's going to happen, because it's been so many years that we've been thinking that it's three to five years away. So not Oh, it's going to happen next season or the following season. But who's kind of in line? Like, let's take a look at the at at the the Coach K coaching tree and who might be outside the coaching tree that might be a candidate. I made a comment to the group. I said it would be fun to do a look back at this because if we were doing the show ten years ago, we would say, "Oh, Tommy well, the front runner is probably Johnny Dawkins. Tommy Amaker's on that list. Um, Steve Wojciechowski and Chris Collins. Maybe they'll get head jobs someday. And like, you know, maybe if it happens further down the line and like." Johnny Dawkins stumbles like it'll probably be one of them. John Shire was still in school. So like who would have even predicted that he was going to not only be an assistant, but even be like be good enough to have taken over this job. So I said it would have been fun to do that speculation. And I said I even said, you know, and it's funny if we did the show today and we said, what's the speculation today? I guess John Shire is the front runner because he is the the lead you know, associate head coach here. And so if they're just going to promote somebody, then it'll be him. And then lo and behold, like a few hours later, he got the job. So, uh, so, so we have to talk about, so there's yeah, so much to crazy. talk about yeah. today. I, I'm, I'm, we're going to get a, a hello greeting from Donald in a second, but what we're going to do today on the show is uh, a little bit about the process of how Duke basketball got here, or at least how we think they got to this point. And then um, we're going to save some of the conversation about Coach K's legacy and all of the ridiculous numbers and accolades that that he is going home with 
we'll we'll save that for discussions over the summer because luckily we don't we don't have to kick him out the door right away. It's not like we're going to stop talking about Coach K. We do want to get into a little bit of what this means for John Shire and for the program because in the short term it means that Shire probably takes over some additional responsibilities. Later in the season, you're going to see you're going to see just see more of him and less of Coach K. So we'll get into and, all and of Sa- that, Sam. I've got I've got extensive comments about what this means for recruiting. Um, right, the, the, there, I think there that's are, a that's a huge there are deal. avenues of this that, that it's going to take us a few shows to get down, and and we don't have time to to make these shows three hours long, unfortunately. So first, I want to say hello from Donald because we have a greeting from him. So Donald, uh, I guess good evening because it was last night when you recorded, but good morning for us. How are you, sir? Sam, Jason, thank you for allowing me to do this via recording. I am in Denver for the U.S. men's national team games that are here this week. And literally as I was about to take off is when the news dropped that shook up the sports landscape with Coach K retiring. So I appreciate that you guys were able to get the emergency podcast out. Let me tell you, I had about 150 messages when I landed in Denver. 90% of them were people talking about this and a lot of them were asking, where's the podcast? So I appreciate you guys got that out super quickly and apologies for my absence for this one. It's Sam, as you put it yesterday, it is the always the busiest time when the busiest news drops that shakes up everything. So uh, we're all doing doing everything at the same time. I'm trying to battle balance two things at the same time, three things really. Uh, so I appreciate that you guys were able to record this and apologies for everyone out there for my absence. So that was greetings from Donald. Uh, it's nice that we have him here. So Jason, I will I'll, I'll ask you this first question and and I'll make it kind of broad. Take this however you would like. How did we get, let's say it's, let's go back to it's early March. The team is kind of up and down. There's no fans. It's not clear that Duke is going to make the tournament. And very soon the team is going to find out they're not making the tournament. How did we get from early March to here in early June where Coach K is announcing his retirement for next summer and John Shire is 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 going to be the head coach? And by the way, unlike the way that the UNC search went, about a month and a half ago, the news came out all at once. It is Coach K is leaving. John Shire is getting the job. There's no search committee. There's no talking to different various parties. It's just happening. And that's not, uh, I'll start this off by saying that's not a commentary on which one is the right way to, to, to do this. But how did we get from March 2nd to, to June 2nd of this year? So the, the first, the honest answer is I, I can't tell you definitively. Uh, I, I think Mike Shashevsky is the only person, and we will hear from him later today, but Mike Shashevsky is the only person who truly knows exactly how the decision was made and why it was made. The most obvious reason is that he's 74. He's going to be 75 in February. And, and Mickey would like to have some time in retirement to, to do things other than travel around to basketball games. So, and, and I don't blame her one bit. I'm, I'm in my mid-50s. Um, when I'm in my mid seventies, I, I don't want to be, uh, going to AAU tournaments in the summer and, uh, and traveling to Blacksburg, Virginia for, for a game against Virginia tech. <laughs> so, so I don't blame Mike Krzyzewski for deciding it was time. The other part of that answer though, is why, why now? And I think why now was that coach K knew the time was coming and he didn't want to he didn't want to lie to recruits. Um, one of the interesting things that has been going on with Duke over the past several months is people have noticed that Duke wasn't as active yet in the class of 22, the 2022 class, next year's recruiting class. 
Um, Duke hadn't extended as many offers as it usually does to guys in the 22 class. And we weren't hearing as much about Duke being involved with these guys. And I think part of that is coach K had an inkling. I, I think, especially, I think COVID was really difficult um, on him, just the, the craziness of this past season and, and the way it worked, no fans in Cameron and going through all these protocols, all the testing and all the other kind of things. Uh, and, and I think he was sort of deciding, I think I'm getting pretty close. I think it's about time. And he did not want to go out on the recruiting trail and have kids ask him as they should, Hey, you're recruiting me. Are you going to be the coach? Because he didn't want to lie to those kids. And I think until, you know, if he was anything less than a hundred percent certain that he was going to be coaching, he didn't want to say to a kid, yeah, I'm going to be there. Or I think I'm going to be there. I mean, so it seems crazy to say that recruiting drove this, but I think that played a pretty big role. Um, and, and we've heard that, you know, there, there are folks out there, um, Seth Davis and, uh, you know, the other guys who cover college basketball who say that. Coach K was, you know, getting uncomfortable talking to recruits about his future. And so he needed to, to make it clear to everyone so everyone would understand. Does that make sense, Sam? Absolutely. And, and by the way, as much as we've talked over the last few months about how much more complicated recruiting is getting, that weighs on the coaches. And so, you know, the coach only has X number of hours in a week or in a month to devote to game planning, scout, you know, in season, game planning, scouting, um, you know, meeting with the media, meeting with with donors, because in college you have to, you know, you have to deal with the with, with the people who are funding this whole venture and and recruiting the student athletes. And more and more the coaches have to spend time recruiting because it's not just high school players, it's worrying after the season about transfers, not just out, but into the program. Duke has transfers going both in and out this year. So Coach Case had to spend a lot more time thinking about recruiting and and the players, as you know, Jason, are always going to ask, what's the plan for me? If you're recruiting me for two years from now, are you going to be here? Who's going to be here? And we see, you know, there, there actually isn't a lot, a lot of recent um, issue with this at, at any of the major Duke programs because Duke's had, you know, until last year when when uh, Coach P left and, and Duke hired Kara Lawson, the men's basketball coach has been in place for 40 years. The football coach has been there for 13 years. The lacrosse coach, men's lacrosse coach has been there for 15 years. Like Duke's most important programs have been very stable. So we haven't worried about what's going to happen to recruits. And let's be real. When Ted Roof was coaching the football team, recruits didn't care because they weren't coming anyway. So, so this is a, a problem that a lot of other schools have faced that Duke has not recently. So I, I think it's very salient that, um, the coach K was thinking about recruiting all the time here and, and the kinds of student athletes that Duke is recruiting are top of the line kids who any school would want they can to go get. anywhere. Like every yeah. kid that every kid that comes to Duke could just change his mind and call almost any other school in the country and say, I'm coming to play for you. And the coach would, would bend over backwards to make it happen. So these kids have options and coach K knows that. And he knows that, that they can, that they can bolt, not just for UNC or Kentucky or, Stanford or Harvard or you name it, these kids can play anywhere they want. So, so Coach K is probably feeling enormous pressure to to work with them. And by the way, now that we know, I think to add to what you were saying, now that we know that it's John Shire that's getting the job, and we don't know all the the kind of behind the scenes that happened. We don't know who was technically like in the running, or if if a, a small group or if just Coach K said it's going to be John and that's it. 
knowing that John Shire was going to be promoted into the role and knowing that, that they had this sort of ready to go because, because all the news came out at once leads me to believe that coach K also doesn't want to leave John Shire holding the bag, given that John's going to be standing next to him for the next year anyway. So I'm sure that that also played a role in, in his decision-making here. Look, we're going to get more to Shire um, uh, because I, I've got a lot I want to say about how John Shire was selected and, and and what it means for Duke's recruiting and other things like that. But but there, I think there's another hire. There's another person coming into a job who had an impact on this, and that's Nina King. Um, just in the past couple of weeks, we found out that Nina King is being elevated to become the athletic director at Duke. And the timing of this um, announcing this just before she comes on board, I think is an ideal scenario for Nina King. When, when she was announced, we had a whole podcast, Sam, where we talked about the fact that she was going to have to replace coach K. She's going to have to replace coach Cutcliffe. These were the most significant, important things sort of on the plate for her. And, and I think it matters that, that this was taken off of Nina King's plate. Not to say there's a lack of confidence in her, not to say that, it, look, she did a great job in hiring Kara Lawson. Um, I have absolute confidence that Nina King would be fabulous at finding a new Duke coach. But And to be clear, she is the one who hired Kara Lawson. Like when, yes, we, yes. when we, we talked to them a few weeks ago, she was running the women's basketball program. And so, yes, Kevin White was signing off on it, and he's technically the boss. But Nina King ran that search. So Kara Lawson is her hire. Right, right, right. But the, the point I'm making about Nina King is this is the perfect scenario for her because Coach K has effectively chosen his successor before Nina King came into the job. If it goes well, if John Shire is really successful, Nina King gets to sit back and smile as the biggest juggernaut in college basketball continues to be the biggest juggernaut in college basketball. If things don't go well, it's not her fault. And she get because she didn't hire John Shire. She wasn't you know, the, the, the driving force that created this. So, uh, you know, and again, it's not to say she wouldn't have picked John Shire if she had run a search, but, but this is sort of the easiest scenario for her moving forward into the job of athletic director. And as you said, if it doesn't go, you know, I, we don't want to speculate about, about all the downsides, but if John Shire doesn't work out and, and it's, two or three years from now and Duke decides, or maybe it's three or four years from now that Duke decides that they need to go in a different direction. Then Nina King kind of has the ability to, to start over a little bit and, and step back and realize sort of what worked and what didn't work. And it, and it wasn't, as you said, it won't have been primarily on her that that happened. I do want to uh, quickly move to Donald because he had a few words on coach K's legacy. It doesn't exactly fit with what we're, with what we're saying here now, but let's say that it's, it's Donald reflecting on a little bit of the conversation, the quick conversation that we had yesterday. So I'll let Donald talk about that. And then when we come back from that, I want to talk a little bit about John Shire because he is now the, the, the sort of most important person. He's the, he's the, he's the, the name of the day in Duke basketball. So Donald, take it away on Coach K's legacy. Look, I'm not going to waste your time and spend the next 50 hours talking about Coach K's legacy because we're going to do that over the next several months and probably over the next year as we go on this last journey with Coach K as the head coach of Duke basketball. But look, he, he's been the head coach since 1980. I, I have been alive for 38, almost 39 years. Coach K has been the coach at Duke this entire time. It, this is really uncharted territory for generations of fans. And to look back at his legacy in the span of a couple minutes just isn't fair for his legacy because he's going down as the greatest coach ever. 
straight up, period. He's going down as the greatest coach ever. I hope that we can serve him out and, and send him out a champion once more and get that sixth banner that we've been very close to getting over the past few years but just haven't really gotten yet. So uh, when it comes to Coach K, though, and we'll talk about this a lot over the next few months, as I said, his leadership, his attention to detail, his ability to you know mold young men into championship players, his ability to get the best talent and you know make it work every single year with a different group, a different set of players, a different personality. He's able to do that. And also, you don't stick around in college basketball for 45 plus years if you don't know how to adapt to the times. And he's adapted to quite a bit over the last you know 40 years, 41 years at Duke University. So he's been able to navigate those waters. He's been able to maintain the excellence of being a champion and with everyone in college basketball dare i say the basketball world always looking at us to say this is the pinnacle and these and duke is going to be great every single year he's managed to make duke great just about every single year so i i really just i'm not going to be able to put it into words in a couple minutes so i'm not going to try but over the next few months i really do hope to get to the root of Coach K, the man, Coach K, the, the legend, Coach K, the coach, Coach K, the person who you know, I've had interactions with and I know will share some interactions that we have personally had with Coach K uh, over the next few months. But to sum it up, he's the greatest of all time. He's going down as the greatest of all time. And I am so honored to have been an alum of this university and being able to sit literally inches away from one of the greatest coaches that sports has ever seen. So thank you, Donald. Jason, uh, quick reaction to that. And then, and then I think we'll take a break and, and talk a little bit more about Coach Shire. Donald talked a little bit about, you know, how can you not talk about Coach K's legacy? We're going to do more on it. But, but I, there were two people who, I, who, who put out tweets yesterday that I wanted, that are sort of talking about Coach K's legacy that I, I wanted to, to recount to everyone. First one was Jay Billis, who, who, who said this, and I thought this was beautiful. He said, to all of us, Coach K is Duke. And, and Jay added that Coach K has been the most meaningful relationship that all the former Duke players have had in basketball. Uh, think about that. I mean, the most meaningful relationship that you have with the sport is with this man. And Jay didn't hesitate in saying that that's the case for all the guys who are part of the brotherhood. I think that's really powerful. Um, and then the other one was John Rothstein had a, had a wonderful line where he said, Coach K has been at Duke since 1980. That's seven years before John Shire was born. And Hubert Davis was just 10 years old. I, I mean, just think about the length of Coach K's tenure. And as I was thinking about the length of the tenure, I did want to, I want to, everyone needs to know about this. Everyone needs to think about this. We need to reflect at this moment on the courage of Tom Butters. Tom Butters was the Duke athletic director. And this story has been told many times, but it needs to be told again right now. Tom Butters hired Coach K, gave him a four-year contract. And at the end of year three, Coach K's team had gone 10 and 17 in year two, and then 11 and 17 in year three. They were 11 and 17. They'd gone three and 11 in the ACC. They had played in the ACC tournament and been blown out by like 40 points by Virginia. Um, and every Duke alum out there was saying, fire the guy, get rid of him. And Tom Butters, and, and again, Coach K has a four-year deal, three years of it are done. He's in the last year of his deal. And Tom Butters calls Coach K into his office 
And he says to Coach K, I'm going to give you an extension. I, I, I don't even want to imagine what our podcast would have said about that at the time. I mean, you know, come on. The guy's gone 11 and 17. And Tom Butters has lost his mind and, yes. and Duke fans are calling for his head. Yes. So Tom Butters tells Coach K, I'm giving you an extension. And, and the story goes that Coach K started crying in Tom Butter's office because he didn't, he thought he was going to get fired. He didn't think he was getting an extension. He thought he was getting fired. And Tom, and, and he said, Tom, you, you really don't have to do this because coach K thought he was going to have a good fourth season. And Tom said, no coach on the contrary, I need to do it. And I need to do it now. And he gave coach K an extension and Duke went 24 and 10 that season. They made the first of coach K's NCAA tournaments. And with coach K at the helm, you know, not counting the year that he got injured and wasn't there, Duke would make the next 35 consecutive NCAA tournaments. So, yeah, we're reflecting on Coach K, but Tom Butters. Well, nearly nearly 35 consecutive, but it's fine. <laughs> well, not, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excluding the year that he got hurt. I'm saying sure. with Coach K at the helm, with Coach there K coaching go. the team, they made 35 consecutive, 35 consecutive NCAA tournaments. It's truly amazing. And so I just wanted, as we are all looking back a little bit, I wanted to talk about Tom Butters and the courage that Tom Butters showed and the foresight to give a guy who had a losing record, who was struggling an extension at a time when everyone was saying it's time to fire him. So we'll have no shortage of, of discussion like this about the coach K legacy as the, as the months roll on here, now that we have heard this announcement, but I want to take a quick break. And as I said before, we are going to talk a little bit about John Shire and and his stepping into the head coaching role at Duke men's basketball. So stick around. We will be right back. Let's now talk a little bit about John Shire, who is the incoming head coach coach in waiting, I suppose, is the is the official term. John Shire is the head coach in waiting at Duke basketball. He's got one year left now as the associate head coach and the coach in waiting play or, or working alongside Coach K, where he's going to be um, handling his normal responsibilities. He's been kind of the lead recruiter for Duke basketball, and presumably he's going to be, and he's already been doing, by the way, he's been doing the halftime interviews. So he's already good at that. So he's going to be taking over even more responsibility. I'm going to let Donald chime in first with his with his pre-recorded um, statement about John Shire. So, so Donald, I want to give it up uh, to you first. Tell me your thoughts on John Shire being picked to succeed Coach K. So the thing about John Shire is that when I heard he was going to be the next coach, most I said most of the texts that I got were about having emergency podcasts and just talking about Coach K retiring. But a lot of people were already selling the notion that John Shire is the man that is right for this job and. I'm here to tell you guys, it's hard to sell that. And and I think John Shire is going to be a great coach. It's very unfair to write him off before he even takes the job. He has a year to learn under Coach K and to be prepared to assume the role in April of 2022. He has still several years of experience as an assistant. He's been our best recruiter. He's been our head associate coach for all this time. And really, when it comes down to it, John Shire is ready to lead this team. The, I'm sure the players are behind him. The fans need to get behind him too. And I'm not surprised that they moved so quickly. It seemed like this obviously was something that was uh, that Coach K was thinking about doing. And so the process was put in place. 
a lot of people talk about coaching waiting and how that never works out. It's unfair to say that it's not going to work out for John Shire because if you're going to think he's going to come out the gate pitching perfect games and, and winning national championships year after year after year, that's an unfair expectation. So I, I think when it comes to John Shire, everyone needs to let John Shire be Duke head coach John Shire when that time comes and to not write him off so quickly. I think if you do that, you're doing that at your own peril. I think John Shire is going to be a great coach, and I can't wait to see him grow into this role. And really over the next year, seeing how he manages that responsibility of knowing he's going to be the guy and how he interacts with the players, how he works the recruiting trail. A lot of these things that are open back up, he is right to be able to handle all these things. And with the staff that we already have, he's going to be inundated with advice from everyone. And he doesn't need mine. So when it comes to John Shire, I'm excited. I'm ready to see him uh, blossom into that role. Of course, we can all wait a year. We can see we can send out Coach K a champion and then bring in John Shire. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. And I'm you know, blessed that he's a friend of the podcast. He's been on this podcast before. And to now know that we have interviewed what will soon be the next coach of Duke University is a, it means a lot. So uh, congratulations to John Shire. Congratulations to Duke for making this uh, an easy slam dunk hire and for it to not draw out the process and really weigh it down. Duke hit a home run with this. Nina King is going to step in and become the AD. And now we have a new head coach in April of 2022. John Shire is going to be the man, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in that role. All right, Jason, I'm going to throw it to you, and, and I'll, 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 I'll tee it up to you this way. There are a number of alumni, Duke alumni, who are working in basketball as head coaches, as front office people, as whatever, whatever it be in, in college, in the NBA. And so, th- so there were no shortage of people just within the Duke family that could have been considered for this role. There are also, because it's the Duke job, basically an endless list of basketball coaches who would have been considered by a, by a big search committee. If, if Nina King and Kevin White were running a big search committee, there's all kinds of people ac- across the world of basketball they could have interviewed for this job. But they basically promoted Coach K's right-hand man, the guy who's been sitting next to him for the last few years on the bench and has been effectively the, the, the kind of lead associate head coach for Duke, although he was working alongside Nate James the last few years. Nate James, of course, now the head coach at Austin P. What do you think it was about John Shire that made Coach K and the other powers that be decide that this is definitely the guy to step into the role? No, no public search, no period of waiting, just boom, we're, we're here now. How did we get to John Shire? I, I think, first of all, it, and it seems crazy that to come back to recruiting again, but uh, Duke is a program because of the nature of, of all the one and dones that Duke tends to recruit because we operate at the very, you know, the very deep end of the recruiting pool um, with the most elite recruits. Duke needs to restock every single season through recruiting. And John, uh, first of all, you know, John Shire is going to be an incredible, he's been an incredible recruiter for Duke. I mean, you can go out there and find the list of the guys that he was the lead recruiter. It's Jason Tatum. It's Zion Williamson. You go on and on and on. You know, most of the Apollo Benchero, most of the top tier recruits that Duke has gotten the past half decade or so where Duke has been truly dominant in recruiting. John Shire has been the guy who took the lead on those recruits. He, he, he wasn't the closer, 
we, we, we've heard, we heard from Paolo himself <laughs> that Coach K is the guy who came in and sealed the deal, but Shire set the table, set the plate. But the, the point about recruiting is, is, is this. I, I think that Duke felt like when they went out to talk to kids in the 2022 class, because Duke has to recruit the 2022 class. We know we're going to lose guys. We know we will have positions that need to be filled. So we had to recruit the 2022 class. And when we go out to talk to them, we needed them to know who was going to be the coach next year. And so it, it needed to be someone who could, who we could name right now. And, and I think that's a lot of what worked in John Shire's favor. And then the other thing that works in John Shire's favor, and this, this seems kind of weird to say, because Duke has a lot of, there are a lot of Coach K's tree that's very, who were successful, but there's no obvious name. I mean, compare this to, to UNC. Um, when, when Dean Smith stepped down, yes, he, he, he put Bill Guthridge into the job, but, but it was widely assumed that Roy Williams would be next. Roy Williams was incredibly successful as a head coach when he left UNC. And he was a clear, obvious choice to take over the Carolina program. It, it took them a little while to get to him. Um, it took the Bill Guthridge years. It took the Mac Darty years. But they then got to Roy Williams. There's no one like that in the Duke family tree right now. There just isn't. I mean, the, we, we've heard that Tommy Amaker was considered for this position. We've heard that Johnny Dawkins was considered for it. But Tommy Amaker had had some problems when he was at Michigan. It wasn't like he was unbelievably off the charts successful. He's done well at Harvard, but you know it's not like Harvard's making the tournament every year. Johnny Dawkins, frankly, struggled at Stanford. He, he's had a couple decent seasons at Central Florida, but not you know uh, he, he's probably in a little bit of danger there. His past couple of years have not been good at Central Florida. Uh, there aren't a lot of other names that stick out who out there. Uh, to, to me, the most obvious one. Would be Quinn Snyder, uh, and I, I was. Uh, I, if you'd asked me, you know, a, a few weeks ago, I probably would have told you Quinn Snyder was my pick for the job. But Quinn Snyder is in the midst of coaching the best team in the NBA right now, and and getting a guy to come from the NBA to college is not easy. And I, I I've heard through the grapevine that Quinn and, Co- and and Coach K, it's not that they aren't close, but you know, but they're not as close as Coach K is to some of his other former assistants. Um, you know, part of that may be that that Quinn is in the program, and and most of Coach K's other assistants are are still in the college game. But uh, you know, the bottom line is there was no obvious pick, and if there's no obvious pick, and there's a guy who's right next to you at that moment, a guy who understands what's going on in the world of of recruiting and college ball, um, he he makes a lot of sense. So it's interesting because because John Shire doesn't have the head coaching experience, and I think it's easy to look at that hire, especially if you're outside the Duke program. I think it's very easy to look at this hire and say they hired a guy with no head coaching experience. He's only in his thirties. Like this is a very weird pick for Duke, even among like even take one of those assistants like a Dawkins or a, or a Jeff Capel or a Steve Wojciechowski who hasn't really established themselves as a legit high major coach and say, look, if I gave Jeff Capel or if I gave Johnny Dawkins the keys to the Duke program, maybe he'll just be better than he was at, Stanford or Oklahoma or Pittsburgh or, or, or Jeff, Capel at Pitt, Jeff Capel at Pitt. Yeah, you know? right. Give, give any of those guys the jobs and the job and they probably succeed. John Shire just happened to be in the right place at the right time to, to get this role. You could, you could look at it that way. And, and you could say, I think not unfairly that this is a weird pick for Duke, but, but being 
inside the program and looking at the the impact that Shire has made over the last few years and as much as we've heard from him and about him about all the stuff that he's doing for the program it's particularly on the recruiting front it it seems to make a lot of sense to us he'll have Nolan Smith there to to be kind of his right-hand man in in all things recruiting and game planning and stuff and it's also interesting to me because the legacy of of all these former players go back obviously decades right Johnny Dawkins played for Duke before I was born and and so it's easy to say oh well you know you could you could pick someone from any of coach K's glory years and say you know someone from around the 2001 time or someone from the early 90s or someone from the mid 80s like Johnny Dawkins is you could pick guys from any of these eras to sort of represent the best of Duke basketball there's something to me that says that Coach K's got a little bit of his finger on the pulse here about where things are going to pick a guy who's a little younger and who has who has won as both a player and a coach a little bit more recently. So I like that that you know, I, when I first heard that John Shire was the pick, I thought you know there's going to be a lot of holes that you can poke in this. But as I'm thinking about it more, and 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 I think there's a lot more we can say about him. The more I think that it actually makes a lot of sense for where Duke is right now, and that yes, Shire gets a little lucky here that he was in the right place at the right time, but I think it makes the most sense for where Duke is as a program right now. You know, and think about this, Sam. Uh, anyone who's hesitant about John Shire getting this job, anyone who feels like, oh, you know, I'm not sure he's ready for it. Uh, none of us know John Shire's capabilities for this as well as coach k does i i I thought about this last night and 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 this is why i feel really confident that shire is going to be very successful the fact that they named him so quickly without a lengthy search tells me that coach k is 100 percent confident about this this is the most risky move they could make they hired a youngster who's never been a head coach anywhere and they did it quickly and definitively. I mean, we heard that the board of directors of the university met yesterday to approve this. I mean, that's how fast this happened. It speaks volumes to how certain, and I don't mean confident, I mean certain, that Coach K and everyone around him are about this being the right move. Coach K loves Duke, and he cherishes, cherishes the fact that he has built the most elite program in all of college basketball at Duke. There is a 0% chance. There is no way he would leave that program in the hands of someone that he did not have absolute confidence in. Coach K's legacy is now tied up in John Shire's success. If there was a lengthy search, if there were other people involved in picking his successor, then it's not part of the, you know, yes, everyone would think that Coach K had a role in it, but it's not, you know, part of Coach K's legacy. I believe that selecting John Shire the way he did, and make no mistake about it, this very much feels like Coach K selected him. Selecting John Shire the way he did makes this part of Coach K's legacy. Uh, And and this is a man who I can't stress enough how much he prides himself on these things. I think he's, he's brilliant. Coach K, everyone says Coach K is the smartest guy in the room. The smartest guy in the room says, this is the guy who should replace me without any hesitation. It's clear to me that that's what Coach K thinks about John Shire. There are a few different factors about how you select a head coach. And, and you sort of have to take the, you have to know where you are as a, as a program and as a university. What are the advantages that Duke already has built in 
and where do they need to improve? Like what, basically, what are they going to lose when Coach K leaves, but everybody else is in place? And for all intents and purposes, the fact that Nina King is taking over for Kevin White means that most things are still in place, right? The whole, the whole structure of the organization is not changing when, again, you know, down the hall where, where the athletic director sits, Nina King is just, is just moving one door over into the AD's office and, and out of her associate AD head office, or I've, now I can't remember what her, what her old title is, but, but most of the institution is still in place. It's the same donors. It's the same campus. It's the same um, facilities, obviously the, the enormous practice facility and all the access that the basketball team has, it's all still in place. So what are you replacing with coach K you don't have, you're not going to get anyone that has his kind of gravitas, right? If you're replacing him on, on the recruiting front, nobody can walk into a recruits living room the way that coach K can, or, or if there are, there are very few guys like that. And I got news for you. John Calipari is not coming to coach Duke. Bill Self's <laughs> not coming to coach Duke. Tom is not coming to coach Duke. So you're not getting someone of that stature. Uh, the other thing I think that we've heard a lot about coach K, especially as we've interviewed so many former players. And this is the thing that I am most curious about when it comes to coach Shire is Coach K's ability to motivate in creative ways. That is the, the aspect of, of his success, I think, that is sort of not covered as much in the general national media. You and I and, and Donald, Jason, we talk about it because like this is the stuff that, that we like to nerd out about is, is what's behind the scenes. And, and, and you love asking about the Coach K stories. And, and we get to hear about all the, the, the interesting, quirky stuff that he's done in the locker room and on the practice floor. How does that translate for John Shire and how does he embody some of those things? That is the part that I am most curious about in, in hearing about how he replaces Coach K. But coming back to recruiting, I wanted to ask you, Jason, because we've heard so much about what a good recruiter Shire is as the lead recruiter for all of these notable recruits, but that Coach K is the closer, that he's the guy that shows up and uh, on the last day and says, all right, are you with me or not? And, and that sort of dovetails right into his kind of motivational ability. So what do you think, Jason, is going to be John Shire's level of success when it comes to recruiting players? Because ultimately, that's the most important part of the job nowadays in coaching college basketball. It's about getting the right kids who are going to be good enough to step on the floor. And then you figure out the X's and O's later. Yeah. And one and done kids came to Duke because Coach Hay developed a great track record of turning players into lottery picks. He had connections to NBA stars. He had connections to the front offices. He, he had coached the Olympic team. Um, and, and that's all part of the brotherhood. And I believe that John Shire will still be able to very much sell the brotherhood and all those connections. Playing at Duke will still mean being on national TV for virtually every one of your games. Uh, Shire will be able to continue to sell that Coach K will be around the program to offer advice. And I suspect Shire will be able to say that very little is changing. After more than a decade of being at Coach K's side as a player and an assistant, John Shire is going to say, no one knows him better than me. No one knows better than me how to keep doing what has made us so successful at sending guys to the NBA. Because make no mistake about it, sending guys to the NBA is the primary recruiting pitch when you're talking to a top 20, top 10, top five recruit. Um, and it's not just, are you getting to the NBA? It's, are you succeeding at the NBA? Because all these guys want to hear that they're going to become the next Kyrie, the next Jason Tatum, the next Zion Williamson, the next RJ Barrett. I mean, Duke has a long, long list of guys who are 
who are super impactful players in the NBA, making big, big money, um, signing, you know, hundred plus million dollars, sometimes 200 plus million dollar contracts. And, and that is the selling point. And I believe that John Shire will be able to continue to make that argument. Now is, is Duke going to still win, you know, 90% or so of the recruiting battles for elite prospect that they've been winning lately? Probably not, but I, I think John Shire will do quite, quite well. Um, Duke is still the absolute elite name in the game of college basketball. It is still the program that all these kids watched growing up. Um, everyone still wants to be Tatum, Kyrie, and Zion someday. And Coach K retiring doesn't change any of that. And I believe John Shire, who has been at the forefront of Duke recruiting in the past, his recruiting is still going to be at a truly elite level. And I think we'll start to see it. I, I bet Duke will do very well again. We'll have a top five class in the class of 2022 with players knowing that they are not coming to play for Coach K. They're coming to play for John Shire instead. You watch. I think that Duke will still do very, very well um, because as much as Duke was selling Coach K, Duke was selling the Duke connection, and that is still going to exist with John Shire at the helm. So we will leave it there for today. We've got, I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick look ahead for you, which is today's Thursday. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what time we'll get this podcast out. There is a press conference coming today with Coach K. So I'm sure you'll see um, some word from that. We're not able to make it to that one. There is a press conference tomorrow with John Shire to do his kind of introductory press conference as the coach in waving. And we may be able to bring you, the next time we talk, we may be able to bring you some sound from both of of those press conferences. Although if you're following Duke basketball, I'm sure you're going to see a ton about this over the next couple of days, just out from every national media member who's going to be in town to cover this thing. We have some fun news coming shortly on the DBR podcast about some changes. They're all good changes, but, but changes that, that we are making here. So we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll very lightly tease that. I'm sure we'll be back next week to talk more things, coach K and coach Shire. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, regarding coach Shire, um, I want folks to know that we were going to be talking to, we're going to be interviewing a, a sports journalist. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet, but a sports journalist who is incredibly close to John Shire. Um, someone who's written articles about Shire, someone who's known Shire for many, many, many years. I believe he's the kind of person who can give you rare insight into the kind of person that John Shire is. Um, and, and I'm really excited that this guy has agreed to come on and chat with us uh, about how John Shire will lead the program into the future. Because as I've told you and Donald, Jason, uh, my only uh, personal connections with John Shire are uh, running into him at social events when, when he and I were both in college. So my, uh, my insights here are going to be limited in terms of the, the coach and the guy that he is nowadays. So we're excited to get that. We're excited to, to hear from both Coach K and John Shire about this huge transition that's going on. We're excited to talk more about Coach K's legacy, about what it means for Duke, and to speculate about what the future will look like. But until then, thank you, Jason, for joining me again today. Thanks to Donald for sending us uh, some, some clips to, uh, to be able to participate in the conversation, even though he's not physically here with us. Thanks to all of you for continuing to listen. We will be back very soon to talk all things Duke, Coach K, and John Shire. So for Jason and Donald, I am Sam Klein. This has been episode 318, wow, of the Duke Basketball Report podcast, Duke Band. Take us home.